Welcome to the special presentation of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. From St. Joseph Cathedral, the diocesan-wide Lenten retreat led by Father Michael Kelly. A downloadable retreat guide is available by clicking on the Holy Week banner at stgabrielradio.com. We now go to St. Joseph Cathedral. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, the Lord be with all of you, and with your spirit. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. We're welcome to our retreat these days. Thank you for joining us. My name is Father Michael Kelly. I work at the Pontifical College Josephinum. I'm a spiritual director there for the School of Theology, and we are here together at uh, St. Joseph's Cathedral 
uh, to celebrate our, our retreat with this Liturgy of the Word. Uh, I have the privilege of coming here on the weekends uh, for Saturday night Mass or Sunday Mass, uh, so I'm very happy to be here to pray with you and share these little reflections. I'm a priest from the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, and I, as I said, I'm on loan to the Pontifical College Josephinum, where I'm privileged to work there, and as I said, work here also. So we're celebrating our diocesan retreat during this Holy Week. Uh, as you remember, on Palm Sunday, uh, Bishop Brennan asked us to begin to focus. That's when the retreat began, on Palm Sunday, to focus and center in on our Lord. In the midst of all the tension and the frustration, the darkness, the storm of the, the virus, we are to center in on our, on our Lord, and let's see how he wants to help us through this, okay? So as we've been doing that for the last two days, we come now to the third day. So we pause now for a moment of silence to reflect on our sins, our needs, and we ask our loving Lord for his mercy, his forgiveness, and his direction in our lives at this time. Lord Jesus, you healed and comforted the sick. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you forgave sinners. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you gave us yourself to heal us and bring us strength. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring all of us to everlasting life. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and eternal God, our refuge in every danger, to whom we turn in our distress, in faith we pray, look with compassion on the afflicted, grant eternal rest to the dead, comfort to mourners, healing to the sick, peace to the dying, strength to health care workers, wisdom to our leaders, and the courage to reach out to all in love, so that together we may give glory to your holy name. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Our reading for today is taken from the Gospel according to John. Again, if you're taking notes, it's John 19, 25 to 27. Standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary of Magdala. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing beside her, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to his disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour on, the disciple took her into his home. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Again, thank you for being with us today, and welcome back. We're welcome for the first time. Uh, what we've been doing this week is we're looking at Holy Week, and the theme for the little diocesan retreat is the gift of Holy Week. And that made us ask the question, how can Holy Week be a gift with everything so difficult that's going on? And that's what we've been trying to pray on, discern on, and respond to. So what we did on Monday, just to recap Monday and Tuesday as we enter into the third day for today, on well, Monday we looked at two Gospels. 
We looked at the gospel for Palm Sunday that blesses the palms, that tells a story about Jesus coming into uh, Jerusalem. And we centered in on the owners of the donkey. And we looked at the owners of the donkey because we saw that in that story, when Jesus sends his disciples to ask to, get the, to take the donkey, uh, the owners stop them and say, what are you doing? And they say, well, we're, we're here because Jesus, the master is in need. That's the line that's in the scripture. The master is in need. And right away, the owners give over the donkey. And so from that, we kind of learned that those owners must have been very close to Jesus because the fact they heard that the master, the Lord, Jesus needs this donkey, they, out of charity, out of love, responded to his need and gave over the donkey. Okay? The second gospel that we used on the same day was the gospel for Monday of Holy Week, which is from John's Gospel that tells the story of Jesus visiting his good friends, Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And in that story, we saw that was the custom. Uh, the host, or the hostess in this case, who was uh, sponsoring the visit, uh, they usually have to have a, 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 pay, uh, what do you call a pitcher of water and a, a basin and some maybe soap of some type and towels to wash the, the visitor's feet because Jesus had been traveling. Sandals, dirt, could be mud if it was raining and you would clean the visitor's feet before and their hands before they came into your home. Well, Mary of Bethany pulled a fast one. She didn't use the soap or water. She went to her room and got the best perfume that she had. And she came to Jesus and washed and cleaned his feet with her perfume and then took her veil off and dried his feet and cleaned his feet with her beautiful long hair. Now, that might seem kind of weird to us, but that was a custom, and she made it even, she enhanced it by giving of herself. She gave her best perfume, she gave her beautiful hair to use as a towel. And each of those gospel stories, we hopefully saw that each, the owners and Mary of Bethany were giving something of themselves to help a needy Jesus. And so then we looked at that and we said, okay, we see how they're selflessly giving something of themselves to the needy Jesus. Jesus, what's it have to do with us in Holy Week? Well, we asked that question. How can we do the same for this Holy Week when this Holy Week and us are up against this coronavirus and all its restrictions and frustrations and stresses that it's throwing our way? And we kind of thought for a while and we prayed together on that and we thought, well, We can build church. We can't go to church. That's one of the restrictions. But church seems to want to try to come to us through radio, through live stream, through computers, through TV. So how can we enhance that? How can we make it better to experience this gift of what Holy Week is supposed to be? And so we kind of came up with a little plan to hopefully somewhere in our home, our office, our apartment, our farm, wherever it is we live or work, we could build some kind of little sacred space and make it special for us to pray over these next few days of Holy Week and into the Triduum where we're going tomorrow in the weekend. And put up a table, a coffee table, a card table, any kind of table you have, TV table, something small, and put a cover on it. Okay, we looked at the liturgical colors. Palm Sunday and Good Friday are red. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday are purple. Thursday, if it's Thursday, the Chrism Mass in the morning or the Mass of the Lord's Supper at night, it's white and gold. And Saturday and Sunday, and for the rest of Easter time, is white and or gold, okay? So to make that 
uh, to, to give that to you for your benefit to, to enhance and to decorate your sacred space. Well, on top of the sacred space, if you can, get a crucifix. Or if you don't have a crucifix, print one out from the computer and tape it onto something and mount it up on the, on the, on the table. Let that be the center and the focus of your prayer space. A crucifix, a Bible, a rosary, anything, that's an icon of Jesus, of, of the Holy Week, of Palm Sunday, of Good Friday, him on the cross, the resurrection, whatever you might have. If any of you have a statue of the Blessed Mother in the Pieta, that might be good for Friday to put that there after you have your, your uh, Good Friday service on radio or TV or, or live stream. But that's what we came up with on Monday, try to, find a sa- to try to build a sacred space in which we could participate in the gift of Jesus to us in Holy Week and us to Jesus as a gift, like those disciples, the owners of the donkey and Mary of Bethany, giving something and making something of ourselves to give to him. And we might say, what's his needs? He's God. Well, he desires in his needs to love us. And we, in turn, want to participate in that love. That's why we build a sacred space, a prayer corner, a sacred place to do these holy things for this week because we're confined. Okay? And that's, like I said, we can't come to church, but church is coming to us. And this is a way in which we can participate. Right, that was Monday. Tuesday, we took the gospel of the day of the Tuesday of Holy Week, which was a very scary story that had the Last Supper according to in John's Gospel. And it's the scene where evil, as, as we saw, evil is attacking the Last Supper. It's attacking the Last Supper. It hits Judas. It makes Judas come to the decision to betray Jesus. And Jesus leaves the scene, and we're told it was night. And whenever you hear that in John's Gospel, that's a scary thing. It's night. Somebody's going towards the darkness of night which is sinful rather than the, the brightness, the light of Jesus, who is the light of the world. It hit Peter, okay, because Peter said, uh, you know, sorry, Jesus said to them, where, you're go- where I'm going, you cannot come. And Peter right away, you know, because he, he doesn't think before he speaks, like some of us do at times, and he right away tells Jesus, oh, well, why can't I go where you're going? I want to go with you. I'll go anywhere with you. The rest of them might leave you, but I'll never leave you. I'll always stay by you. And Jesus, because he knows Peter's strengths and talents and weaknesses, he kind of tells Peter, well, that's, that's not what's going to happen because when you hear the cock crow, you will have denied me three times. Oh, no, Lord, never. I will never. I will die for you. And see, he's talking too quick. He's not thinking. He's being weak there. As we saw with Peter, Jesus gave, Jesus gave Peter the keys to the kingdom. But sometimes Peter didn't understand what the kingdom was or how to work the keys right within the kingdom. He had to experience Jesus' cross and resurrection before it all came together, you know, for him. But still, even though Peter denied Jesus, we know and see, as the story goes on, that Jesus will never and does not deny Peter the same way he will never deny you or me when we want to stay close to him. Even when we made mistakes and fallen, he's always there to take us back up and into his heart. And then we saw the other ten, okay, when the supper was over, they... They all split. They ran as Jesus got arrested. So Jesus was all, all by himself. And we said, that's scary. and That's sad. Very horrible story for Jesus, situation for Jesus. But it is at that last supper, in the midst of all those things, evil creeping in, very similar to the coronavirus creeping in and hurting many people, many of us, Jesus pulled a fast one in a good way. He gave the church two gifts that would always be able to fight evil and combat it. He gave us the gift of himself in the Holy Eucharist at the Last Supper, 
and he gave us the gift of holy orders, the priesthood. And those two gifts are intimately connected, and they are always for all time to give us nourishment, to protect us, to guide us, to lead us. Jesus works through those sacraments to help all of us, no matter what walk of life we're in. And so we saw there a hope that even in the midst of that darkness creeping in on that, that first Holy Thursday night, there was a light because of what Jesus was giving his gift. The Eucharist, the priesthood, his very self on the cross, his emptying himself on the cross the next day, him dying on the cross the next day. So we see all that happening, and we saw, okay, well then, we see evil is always fighting anything Jesus has done. And what, what, what does this have to do with us? That was our question. Like, how can we, with Jesus, combat this present evil we have to deal with? Okay, and that took us back again. The answer there was back to our sacred space that we're trying to build at home, to enhance that space, to make it holy, reverent, quiet, solemn, solitude, if you will, uh, so that we can, we can pray via the church coming to us, via the radio, the TV, the computer, the live stream, whatever. So this is how we answered that one yesterday, too, going back to our, our, um, our sacred space, realizing the evil hit the Last Supper, Okay, and the, the correlation there, the comparison was the, 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 the virus now trying to do the same to us. But we can still enjoy Holy Week and see it as a gift if we do what we're, what we're saying we're going to do. Have that sacred space and use it for prayer and discernment and how to respond to our Lord's gift that he wants to give to us this particular Holy Week. Okay, that takes us to today. And the gospel passage that I use for today is not the one that's used for today at Mass, but we jumped ahead to looking at the Blessed Mother in the Gospel of John, her at the foot of the, of the, of the cross. And I think it's important that in these three days of reflection and retreat, we kind of end up our part right now today by looking at her and how she became a gift to the church. I don't know if she realized it or not, but she did become that to many of us and throughout history. So what I want to do right now is that was the gospel that we had when I, that I proclaimed that Mary is at the foot of the cross with the other women, with the beloved disciple. And Jesus looks down, and he says to her, Woman, behold your son. And then son to John, the beloved disciple, Son, behold your mother. And people will say, Isn't that nice? Jesus is there dying on the cross, and he sees his poor mom all alone, and he thinks of her. Okay, and he does. But he's also giving her more work to do. He's making her a gift because the disciple John represents the church as well as the other women there. They represent the church. They represent you and me. And Jesus, as he's dying, he's giving other gifts off by the words he's saying and preaching and praying. But he takes his, his mother and he gives her to the church, her to us. Now, it'll take a while to develop as to how that gift becomes very beautiful and intimate for us, but he does that. Now, in order to look at this scene, I'm just going to ask you, uh, I don't know if you've got a chance to see or if you can get a hold of, there's a, a movie called The Passion of Christ. It's directed and made by uh, Mel Gibson, a famous actor. And in this scene, before they get to the foot of the cross, Jesus has been condemned, and he's beginning what we would call the way of the cross. As he's coming out of where the soldiers had him, he's all be- it's, it's a very frightening scene, so if you have little ones, you might not want to let them see it. It's scary. He's beaten up very badly. 
and he's carrying his cross, and the soldiers are being rough with him as he's doing that. And in the crowd, Mary, his mother, is there looking, and she sees this. And she turns right away to the beloved disciple, John, and she says, take me to him. So as Jesus begins to walk the way of the cross, the Blessed Mother's way over there in the corner, and John gets her through the crowd and shortcut through some alley. And right at the alley where she's standing getting her breath from running, doesn't Jesus come between the, the alley and her, and he falls. And the big cross comes, brings him down, the cross is on top of him, and he's trying to lift his head up. And his mother sees this. Now, again, it's not in Scripture, it's in the movie, but it's done very well the love of the mother for the son and the son for the mother. And as she sees him falling, she flashes back to when she was a younger blessed mother. And they were back in Nazareth. And Jesus is about maybe three years old. And he comes, or he, she's, she just turns her head for one second to do something at a table. And he shoots away from her and runs up the steps to, the, to, the, to where the road is. And does any trip on the last step and he falls. And of course, like any little boy, he falls in the dirt, the rocks are there, he gets hurt, he starts to cry. She turns from the table. And now you have to read her lips because it's quiet, the scene is quiet, she's flashing back. But she's saying, Yeshua, Yeshua, that's his name, Jesus. Yeshua is Jesus in Hebrew, okay? So she's Yeshua, Yeshua, and she's running to him. She's really running quick, and she runs up the steps, and she grabs him and hugs him. And she simply says, and it's all subtitled because it's in different languages, all right? She says, I am here. Like, Mommy's here. I am here. And she holds him. And he, and, he, and he hugs her. He grabs her close because he's in pain. Okay, now it's back to the reality of the cross, the way of the cross. He has fallen. The cross is on top of him. She runs to him. And she says the same words, looking right into his face. I am here. I am here. And he says back to her mother, all things will be new because of this. Now, she might not grasp what that means, but he's trying to fulfill his mission. But the point is, she says that to him. Yeshua, I am here. Like we would say if we fell, and your mother says, Mommy's here. It'll be okay. There's a great love there. There's something special. She is someone special not just to her son and to the early church. She is someone special to us, the church now, the church past, present, and future. She has that special love and desire to help us reach her son, find her son, seek her son, be one with him. That's what she wants. That's what she always has prayed for. So we see that scene in the movie, and it's something to help us reflect and pray on who the Blessed Mother is. If we have devotion to her, I think that scene would strengthen it. If we have no devotion to her, I think it would grow, grow and cause an interest. And it's something that we all should have if we, if we want to learn how to follow Jesus better, is be close to her so she can show us where he's at, how to follow him better in our own lives. Okay, then we, you know, we took the scene from the gospel today. That's, she becomes this gift uh, to the apostles, to the disciples. She waits there with them even after Jesus is buried. And the rest then is history as he rises from the dead. Okay? Now, we need to stop and just look at ourselves and just roll the Blessed Mother. Okay? You need to know a couple things that maybe you do know from your own life or uh, what I'm going to share with you now. I've always found it fascinating when people have been away from God for many years— and they might come back to confession. They might come to the office to talk. They might do whatever. In a respectful way, as a priest, I always ask them, if they shared with me, what is it that made you come back after so long? What happened? And my friends, you'd be shocked to, to, to know that, let's say, nine out of ten times, somehow the Blessed Mother had something to do with them converting back, repenting, 
getting their act together, getting the hope strengthened that they, they had lost or whatever it might be. Also, years ago, I worked in another seminary, and I was the dean, and I was in charge of uh, discipline and, uh, and, acad- and applicants coming in. And uh, I was always amazed when you read the file about somebody, and that, you know, his, his biography, and you'd see it, and you, you kind of get scared because it said, you know, he was, he was arrested once, or he was in trouble with the cops, or he did this, whatever he did. And, you know, you'd interview him then, and you'd say, excuse me, I just would like to know, what was it that changed you? And, again, nine out of ten times, somehow the Blessed Mother had something to do with it. It might have been some, somebody in his family, his grandmother always prayed the rosary, could have been someone who taught him, could have been someone he dated, whatever it was. Somehow Mary had a way of bringing him back to the Lord. Okay? And so there are things that we need to just look at because she has this power to do these things to help us. And the best example I'd like to share about the Blessed Mother is Mother Teresa. I'm sure you all know who Mother Teresa is. Okay? Uh, she would always give miraculous medals out or rosaries to people. Whatever she had in her, in her little bag, she'd give them out to people. And this one time, she gave rosary to a, a person. And when the person, I think, was not Catholic, and, and the person just said back to her very respectfully, Mother, I don't know what this is. And she said very quickly, oh, it's a rosary. And you know, the individual said back to her, well, I don't know how to pray with it. I don't know what it is. I don't know how to pray with it. She, she said, you don't have to worry about it. Just keep it on your person. Keep it in your pocket. And when you want to be close to God, just hold on to it. Hold on to that. Because it's like holding on to the Blessed Mother's hand. And when you stop and think about that, the power of that, okay, that statement, okay, when I first read that in one of her biographies, I was deeply touched. I flashed back to my own mom, taking me and my brother when we were little, you know, across the big road where we lived. It was called Ogon's Avenue, a big city street in Philly, in Philadelphia. And, um, I was always afraid to cross it because there was cars, trucks, trolleys, all kinds of things zooming by. But when she'd say, boys, give me your hands, and she'd each take our hand and hold on to us, I knew there was no trolley, no car, no truck, no bus, nothing going to hit me because she was holding my hand and I was safe. Okay, that's a very beautiful thing to be able to say about your mom's love for you and hopefully your love for your mom. But the thing is, it's even greater with the Blessed Mother, more powerful. But when we hold the rosary, even when we can't pray it, when we're, when we're depressed, when we're upset, when we're broken, and we might not be able to say the words, or do all ten decades, or, or, or five decades, or all, all the mysteries of the rosary, all of them. You can't do that when you're broken. But you can hold it and feel her loving presence helping us through whatever it is we're going through. Okay, now let's take all that and apply it to what we're dealing with right now. This virus this Holy Week that's being hit, okay? With devotions to the Blessed Mother, we might very well experience her saying to us, like the scene is in the movie of the Passion of Christ, I am here. I am here with you, help you find my son. I am here with you to walk you through this challenge that we all have to live through. I am here to take you to him. That's what we need to hear. That's what we want to hold on to. That's what we want to do. So as the Blessed Mother has been given over to us, okay, we ask the question for today's reflection, who is she? What is she, you know, for us? How can she possibly help us now with the virus and this particular Holy Week of 2020 that we're struggling with? Okay, well, again, as it says, as it says that scene captures her in the movie, I am here. I am here to take you to him. Or, you know, even a more intimate way, Mommy's here. She's going to take care of it. 
So we need to ask Our Lady to help us with these next few days and also the days in the future dealing still with the virus, okay? But as regards the Triduum, now see, our little, our little retreat, the diocesan retreat doesn't end today with us praying here now in a few moments and then processing off. No, the Blessed Mother, as she always does, she points to Jesus. And that's why I wanted to end this, this part of the retreat with her, because she always points to him. Think of any place of apparition that you like, be it Lourdes, Fatima, Medjugorje, Nock, Guadalupe, wherever, any, anywhere in the world where there's places she has appeared or there's places they're being studying because they think she appeared there. Okay, she always, always doesn't point to herself. She wants us to go to him with the rosary, with reconciliation, with the Eucharist. And you can say back to me right now, well, Father, we can't do that. It's Holy Weekend. We can't do that because of this virus. We can't do this. We can't. You're right. We can't. But still, she can help us with our sacred space and with the scriptures and with the masses and the ceremonies going to be on radio or TV or on computer. She can help us find him. She can help us embrace him so that you and me can get through this storm together so that you and me can maybe die with a Good Friday in some way, shape, or form, but rise with Jesus with the Easter Sunday that's coming. So that's what we want to do this afternoon. This is what we want to do today as we close with the reflections. The Blessed Mother is asking us to look at, with the Church, these next few days, these very special, powerful, intimate ceremonies that we have for Holy Week. Tomorrow morning, Bishop Brennan will be on TV here, blessing the oils, the oil for the sick, the oil for the catechumens, people will be baptized and confirmed and, anointed and ordained. Uh, sorry, and the chrism. Right, the chrism is for ordination and for confirmation. Very important sacramentals that we use for sacraments to, make our Lord pre- to bring our Lord's presence to, to those situations of the sacraments. Okay, tomorrow night is the Mass of the Lord's Supper where Jesus, as we said, instituted the Eucharist and Holy Orders we usually have a nice procession from one altar to another or from one cha- church to another chapel, but we can't do that. But still, we can watch it and participate in it the best way that we can. Good Friday, many parishes will have stations of the cross and then the ceremony of our Lord's Passion. So again, you need to consult your parish times or the cathedral times by going to their websites to find out when and how these things will be celebrated and that you can participate with them through the media. Okay. Holy Saturday, the big, big vigil. Uh, St. Augustine would call this the mother of all vigils. The church has many vigils, but Holy Saturday night is the biggie. That's the biggest one we have, and it's, it's filled with, with beautiful symbolism of, of the Lord's teachings, baptism, confirmation, resurrection, the cross, everything. Everything is entailed in, uh, contained in, in, in Holy Saturday night. And then Easter Sunday morning, Easter Sunday day itself, the feast of the resurrection, everything that Jesus uh, every, everything that he is is contained in the cross and the resurrection. So she's pointing to that for us. And as I said earlier, church, we can't come to church, but the church is trying to come to us through our cathedral, through your home parishes, through many, many other places that you're gonna, you can just look up and, and join and participate, participate in. And just like in, in, before we make the shift from here to our prayers, if you're looking for any resources, and it might be a hard way now, hard time now to get a hold of these resources, but again, there is a good couple of good films to get a hold of. As I mentioned, uh, the Mel Gibson one, The Passion of the Christ. Uh, that was, um, that's a very good one. 
The other one was made back in the 1970s. It's called Jesus of Nazareth. Again, you could, you could learn a lot from that one. If you're a reader, okay, I highly recommend Pope Benedict XVI's book. It's called Jesus of Nazareth, and it's the one about Holy Week. Holy Father wrote three of them. Uh, the birth, one about the birth of Jesus, his ministry, and then Holy Week, and they're each called Jesus of Nazareth. But the one you'd want for this week is his one called Jesus of Nazareth, uh, Holy Week. And last but not least, if you're really interested in the ceremonies of Holy Week, the development of them, the history of them, the tradition of them, there's an author named James Monti, M-O-N-T-I. He wrote a book called The Week of Salvation, The History and Traditions of Holy Week. That's more in-depth if you wanted to study that or see different cultures all over the world, how different things have developed for how the church in different ways celebrates these days of Holy Week. So we'll move now to praying for everybody that we want to pray for and to ask our Lord uh, to help us through this time and to participate the best way we can via our sacred space in this church or your own parish church uh, in, in the ceremonies that are forthcoming. And we ask today our Blessed Mother once again to uh, intercede for us and help us, help us to be open to learn what this gift of Holy Week will be for us this year in the midst of all the challenges it presents. But also we ask her to help us with our own little prayer spaces and, and sacred spaces, how we can enhance them better so that she can help us meet Jesus and that Jesus through our sacred space will meet and bless and continue to love and help each one of us.
My friends, in this time of the Lord's Passion, when Christ offered prayers and supplications to his Father, with loud cries and tears, let us humbly beseech God that in answer to his Son's reverent submission, he may in mercy hear our prayers also. For our Holy Father, Pope Francis, and our Bishop Robert, that the Lord may guide and direct them to be good shepherds in this time of challenge. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For our government and civil leaders, that they follow the Lord's wisdom for the well-being of their people, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For doctors, nurses, caregivers, police officers, firefighters, EMTs, volunteers, priests and chaplains, cleaners, and so many others who are ministering to the sick, the dying, and their families, that the Lord will continue to bless them in their work, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the men and women of science and medicine who are desperately searching for a cure to this virus, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the victims, known or unknown, of the coronavirus, and for those frozen in fear because of it, may deliverance and healing come soon. We pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord, hear our prayer. prayer. For all those who suffer consequences of the current pandemic, that the good Lord grant health to the sick, strength to those who care for them, comfort to families, and salvation to all the victims who have died. We pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord, hear our prayer. prayer. And my friends, we now pray together as Jesus has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere, to give you thanks. For in a wonderful way, you gave the Blessed Virgin Mary a special share in the mystery of pain. She now shines radiantly as a sign of health, of healing, and of divine hope. For the sick who call on her patronage, to all who look up to her in prayer, she is the model of perfect acceptance of your will and of wholehearted conformity with Christ, who out of love for us endured our weakness and bore our sufferings. We ask you, Father, through her intercession, for the hope, courage, and direction that we all seek at this time. We ask this as we ask all things through Christ our Lord. Amen. My friends, the Lord be with all of you and with your spirit. And may Almighty God bless you and your families, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We go now in the peace and consolation of Christ.
Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Thank you for joining us for this special presentation of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, the diocesan-wide Lenten retreat led by Father Michael Kelly. If you'd like to download a copy of this retreat or listen to it later, please visit stgabrielradio.com and go to the special features archive.